This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, you've been wondering what's happening with the Right From The Deep team, who is comprised of two people, Aaron and me. (laughs) Here's what's happening. I think you know that I was hospitalized several weeks ago with a newly developed lung disease. While we have the final diagnosis from the Mayo Clinic, I have developed a form of what's called interstitial lung disease. My specific kind is hypersensitivity pneumonitis. (laughs) Right, we can all say that. (laughs) Yeah, say that three times fast. So basically what it means is I have to avoid antigens and I'm still on oxygen at night, but pretty much weaned off of it during the day. Yay! So we're making some lifestyle changes here at the Ball household in order to accommodate this new condition, but I'm not too worried about it. God is taking care of me and he'll continue doing so. But I want to thank you all for your prayers and your support during this time. Yeah, and we're glad to see you up and around so much more and so much better. Yay! And so, the other thing, thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon. We're so grateful for you, and we have a special thanks to our sponsor of the month, Priscilla. L. Shero and Priscilla. Yay, Priscilla. And thank you. And she's writing a book about her experience with traumatic brain injury. And I'd love for you guys to go and check out her blog as well, where she talks about how she first admitted to even suffering from this brain injury. It was a very difficult thing. Um, so you'll learn more about her and that at her website. And it's PriscillaShero.com. And I'll spell that P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A-S-H-A-R. R-R-O-W dot com. And now, here's Here's the the show. Welcome, listeners. We are so happy to have you here with us in the deep. And I just got back from the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference, one of my favorite places in the whole wide world. I love everything about it. (laughs) And I couldn't go. (laughs) That was sad. But I'll tell you, at that conference, God was meeting the needs of both the conferees and the faculty. It was wonderful. We've talked about writers' conferences in previous episodes. We've had interviews with um, two different conference directors, Kathy Ide and Diane. And Mills, but we've also talked about how to prepare for a writing conference in episode 27. We'll put links in the show notes for those. But this time, we want to focus on what to do after the conference once you get home. So you may be wondering why do we want to talk about that? Well, here's the deal. When you're at the Writers' Conference and you're surrounded by other writers and people who understand you and who share your passion, that's a pretty amazing thing. And so it's like this mountaintop high where you're there and you're meeting with people and it's so exciting. And then you get home. 
And you come back to reality. Yeah. You come back to the dirty house, to the dusty shelves. You come back to everybody who needs you. You come back to fear and doubt. And yes, I know that agent asked me to send it, but I don't think they really meant it. They were just being nice. And the enemy comes in with other things that we've talked about in other podcasts with that negative self-doubt and negative self-talk. So guys, you need to stop and take time and figure out how to process through everything that you encountered. Writing conferences can have a huge impact on you and on your career. And we want to help you handle all of that with wisdom and strategy. And that includes not just preparing well, but it includes following up well. What you do with what you learn and with the meetings and with everything that happened at that conference, it matters. So here are some practical steps to help you sort through all of those things. You don't have to do every single one, except number one, everybody has to do the first <laughs> yes. step, number one. You don't have to do every single one of these, but listen to them and figure out what will help you to process and take the best advantage of what happened at the Writers' Conference. So number one. Stay connected to God. Amen. Especially at a place like Mount Hermon, which it feels so close to God. You're in the redwoods and it's just beautiful and it's so easy to come home and feel like you've lost that connection. But God is not only in the redwoods. He's at your messy house too. And he's in the midst of your family who've been waiting for you and all of the joys and the needs that you have there. He's at your day job. He's at your workplace. It's not just at Mount Hermon. But the deal is when you're at a writer's conference, we don't have all those other responsibilities getting in the way. And being away at that conference is an opportunity to stop and to listen in a way we don't normally have time to do at home or elsewhere. So now, now the challenge is to keep that yearning, to keep that connection going in the midst of your tiredness from travel, in the midst of the new demands that you've got now that you're home. Set a Aside time for God, time to be thankful, time to reflect on what He told you about Him, specifically Him. We don't stop to do that enough. We always have people and music and noise, television, whatever, and we rarely give Him our full attention. We need to make time to do that once we're home. And when you get home, if you're like I am, and things go in such a blur and you sit back and you try to remember all the things that happen and they're just kind of all this amalgamated mush of memory, ask God to bring to mind what he wants you to remember most about himself. Ask him to show you those encounters that revealed him to you. Ask him to show you the ways that he used you to touch other people. Remember, the conferences aren't just about you. They're about what God wants to accomplish through you in touching others. So ask him to bring those things to mind. And when he's done that, tell people about it. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell about the ways God specifically worked at the conference, those divine appointments, those words of encouragement. Not that, 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 those words of encouragement, not just the ones that you got, but the ones you gave, as Karen said, the big and small ways that God showed you that he loves you and that he cares for you. It's also a good idea to journal about those same things. Just write it down. Stream of consciousness, make it a story, whatever. Write down what God showed you, how he spoke to you and the people he spoke through. 
and blog about it even, right? You can you can do yeah. that. There's all kinds of things you can do with that. The point is to keep your focus on God and not on you. Amen. Step number two is take time to decompress. We so often just run right back into our lives and we don't even take time to process what we've been through and to decompress from what happened. Now, if you guys are like my dear friend, Aaron Taylor Young, and you're introverts, you really need to recover from being <laughs> around people and having social interactions out the yin yang. You know, you need time alone to recharge. But I got to tell you, I'm an off the scale extrovert, as any of you who know me are aware of, and I'm exhausted when I come home from writers' conferences. My family knows they don't ask anything of me for a couple of days. They don't ask me even where I want to eat or what I want to pick up. They just say, this is what we're having for dinner. So they, <laughs> they give me time to step away from having to meet anybody's needs. And they don't give me a lot of time. I get a day, maybe a day and a half, but you need to refill your bucket of words. You've expended more energy than you realize. Chances are you've been talking to strangers, making new friends, putting yourself out there in ways that have pushed you to the limit. So kudos to you for doing that, especially you introverts. I know that's hard. And now you need to go into your cave for a while. <laughs> you really need some cave time, or as my, my friend Brandlin Collins calls it, turtle time. Pull back in your shell. Knowing what you need, not just to prepare to go to a conference, but what you need to recover from a conference is healthy and good and wise. So plan for that recovery time instead of diving back into life as you know it. If you're peopled out, that's fine. If you need time not to talk to anyone or have social interaction, that's fine. Right. And maybe you can even plan that extra day off at work or extra half day at the conference center, even a day where everybody's gone and you're just, you know, having a relaxing morning or a late checkout, anything so that you feel like you get that turtle time. Yeah. You may even get a few hours of childcare. Have someone take your kids to the park or something so that when you get home, it's an empty, peaceful house for a couple hours. Sure, you miss your kids. Right. That's bound to happen and they're going to miss you. But you can be a better parent if you give yourself a little extra time for solitude so that you can prepare for the onslaught. <laughs> right. It's a good way of phrasing it, especially when you have little kids. <laughs> So the next thing to think about, take time to recover physically. Okay, right. I suffer from chronic insomnia. So even in the best of circumstances, I am pretty much sleep deprived. That's just how it is. My words disappear. How much more though, when I'm in some different environment, I'm not very good at sleeping elsewhere either. And there's all this excitement and energy and there's late nights and early breakfasts. And right. you pretty much feel like you're running on adrenaline by the end of the conference. And your body needs a chance to recover. Maybe you've even eaten more desserts than normal or drank more soda, more caffeine, whatever it is, even if you want to get back to your regular workout right away, I would encourage you to give your body a day of recovery and rest because I think our workouts will be more productive, you know, in the next few days if we are operating from a place of rest rather than a place of stress. 
It's a really good word. You know, you might even consider having someone come in and clean your house while you're gone. So that's not on your to-do list the moment you get back. Yeah. And I know you're spending money on the conference. You don't want to spend money on a house cleaner, but maybe you can do some bartering with somebody. You can help them work on something they've been writing on and they can come in and clean your house. Or maybe even before you leave, you set up a grocery order pickup. So you don't have to make a plan and fill out a grocery list and walk through the grocery store when you're so tired. All you you really want to do is crawl into the basket and go to sleep. If you've pre-made some meals for while you're gone for your family, well, for heaven's sakes, make one or two more so that when you get home, you don't have to jump into cooking first thing. Right. Good plan. Okay. Especially for me, I'm not a fan of cooking. So what are you going to do? <laughs> so step four or follow-up step four here, take time to refill your well of creativity. We have yeah. this idea that because creativity is, you know, a mind thing, it's limitless. It's not. Creativity requires energy. And when we're physically tired, when we're emotionally tired, when we're mentally used up, you know, don't plan on writing 20 chapters in your book when you get home. Know the things that nurture your creativity and restore your creativity and have a plan to do some of those things before you try to get back into your writing routine. Step number five, take time and, and get this, guys, take time to not reflect on anything you learned at the conference. Don't don't jump in too soon. Chances are you've gotten an overload of information. Yes. I mean, picture trying to take a drink from a full blast fire hose. Man, that had <laughs> knocked your head right off. You may be overwhelmed and that's normal. It's okay to go home and keep all your handouts, your critiques, your notes, whatever, in your bag for a yeah. few days or maybe even a couple of weeks. However much time it takes for you to be ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually to go through it. You'll process every thing in due time. You know, it's it's not like it's going to sit there forever. And sure, if you're afraid you're going to forget something, make a note about it before you leave the conference or on the airplane. But most of us just need to step back from the overload, regroup, and then process after you've had a time to be refreshed. Right. And so that'll be step six here. Once you have done that, once you've taken the time to not think about any of this, then the next step is to take time to reflect on everything you've learned at the conference. You want to reprocess what your conversations and your evaluations and your critiques were all about, but you want to reprocess those in bite-sized pieces at your own pace. There is no rush. You don't have to have it all figured out on anyone else's timeline, but yours and God's. One of my um, bosses at Tyndale, Ken Peterson, always said, never surrender to the tyranny of the deadline. What he meant by that was don't have this artificial deadline in your head such that you are sacrificing quality and understanding and processing things trying to meet this self-imposed deadline. Also, realize that all those editors and agents who may have asked you to submit something to them, they don't expect that to come in the next two hours after right. you get home from the conference. I mean, seriously, guys, take it from me. They're decompressing too. They're taking an extra day off of work. They expect you to take the time to incorporate what you've learned from the conference into your manuscript. They're not looking for this hastily thrown together proposal. Right. They want a thoughtful proposal that reflects outstanding craft. But friends, if someone asks to see your proposal and or manuscript, please, please do us all a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do send it right. eventually. 
when you've gone, when you've taken the time to process and incorporate what resonance, seriously, I can't tell you how many people I've encountered at conferences who said, you know, you asked me for my manuscript last year when I was here, but I never sent it to you. Don't waste those opportunities that God is giving you. Who knows what his purpose is for having you encounter that editor or author or whoever. Take advantage of those opportunities, but give yourself time to do it well. Right, guys. I'm sure that it'll be fine if it's a few months, six months, shoot, even a year. You just might have to remind them that they asked for this, but it's fine. It's all fine. So the next thing that may have happened, though, you may have had editors and agents want something from you, but you may also be dealing with rejection. You may have had appointments or critiques and editors and agents, maybe they didn't feel your work was ready. Maybe they felt that your topic wasn't for them. So now you're wondering what to do. This is a time for prayer and reflection. Maybe this rejection is, I like to think of it, guys, as redirection. It's not rejection. It's redirection. You need to take your work in a different way, or you seek a different publisher or a different agent. Maybe it's encouragement to work harder on your craft. You maybe thought it was ready, but it's not. Now you have more steps that you can take. Sure, that feels discouraging, but yet here are things you can do to learn and grow. And that's exciting. That's what we all want, to learn and grow. Maybe you've discovered you need to consider indie publishing because your topic is too niche for a traditional publisher, and that might feel overwhelming. But again, taking the time to process this so it doesn't feel overwhelming and seeking God's guidance gives you the opportunity to respond, respond at your own pace and time, and not just react. And let me just put a little caveat in here. If you are feeling that you need to go with indie publishing, please do it well. Take the time to study the craft just as you would if you were sending it to a traditional publisher. Have an editor work on it just as it would happen at a traditional publisher. Don't shortcut anything for indie publishing because you will only hurt yourself in your career if you do that. Right. Next in this step is realize You've been exposed to new ideas and new techniques. Right. Some of them will work for you. Some won't. They won't resonate with who you are as a writer or a person. And you know what? That's okay. Your job after the conference, when you get home and you've rested and you've restored and you've refilled your creativity, is then to reflect on what you've learned, to sift through ideas and techniques and discern what works best for you. And then, guys, Ditch the rest, right. guilt-free, no guilt here. All those people at the conference are sharing their thoughts and their ideas and their techniques with you. They know not everybody is going to resonate. There is no one right way to write or edit or begin a career or publish a book or build an audience or market a book. <laughs> right. There's no one way to do this. There are so many ways. And what you have to do is lay what you've learned on the altar before God and ask him what his way is for you. And then move forward with those things. Right. You've probably been exposed to different varying opinions of your work. One person says, you need more anecdotes in your nonfiction. And the other critiquer, maybe they didn't even mention that. And they encourage you to consider making the manuscript fiction. Those are possibilities, not directives. Again, prayerfully reflect on those opinions. What if someone else thinks that your devotionals are just amazing and you need to just run out and be published at devotionals? Do you mean like now I have to just switch to those? 
<laughs> no, no. Here's the deal. The different faculty members you meet with are pointing out different areas of strengths and different areas for you to improve. And they notice different things in different manuscripts because they're different people. It's right. all information to help you find your way, to open right. your eyes to some of the possible paths before you. Again, ask yourself, what does my heart resonate with? Where is God leading me? And go that way. So, as you can see, going to a writer's conference brings you so much wonderful information and insights and ideas and techniques. The people who were there at those conferences, the people who are running the conferences, every single editor, agent, faculty member, the prayer team, all of them are there for you to give you guidance and instruction. And they want the same thing as you do. They want you to walk in submission to God and to glorify God and to serve him in everything you do, especially in whatever God has for you in this writing journey. Take the information, take the insights and the guidance that you get, submit it to the one who guided you to go to that writer's conference to begin with, who had divine appointments for you, maybe things that you won't even realize until after you're processing and you think, you know what, that meeting over that breakfast that was a word from God for me. Yes. He will show you. He'll sort through everything and he will show you what needs to stick and what you can let go of. Don't let stress steal the joy and wonder that God had for you in that writer's conference. Don't let false deadlines force you into doing something that isn't as good as it needs to be. Guys, this is just one step in your writing journey. God will take it all show you what is just for you, and then you can move forward in peace and confidence and the sure knowledge that the God of the universe is guiding you and that he is using this information that you have to refine and perfect you. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So, until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen.